Drive Time on 91.3. Always on the cutting edge. What's it, the Cape Drive Time? 0829-913-913 is the WhatsApp line. And welcome to our special pre-sona uh, part of the show. We will be with you right up until 9 o'clock this evening. And of course, 7 p.m., we will be bringing to you live uh, President Soram Aposa delivering his fifth State of the Nation address. Can't believe it's his fifth. Of course, it happens this evening, and it's against a grim backdrop of economy, unemployment, corruption, state capture, and a stalled vaccine rollout. So where does the president go from here, and how does he speak to us? Online, uh, to tell us uh, what he hopes and expects uh, the president to talk about this evening is Dr. Jason Misorka, Senior Researcher, University of Pretoria, who usually does our weekly World Economic Report. He's now got on his pre-sona hat. Dr. Misorka, welcome. My Shafiq for having me. Right. How do you see it? Um, it certainly is a very challenging uh, situation that the president has to deal with. But uh, there's no buzz this year. Uh, things do seem right now a bit flat. Yeah, uh, Shafiq, so there, there is no better way and better situation that that could have prepared any president. Um, and at the moment, what we know, at least on the superficial level, the, the pomp and the uh, you know, the, the, all the glamour that comes with the state of the nation is obviously going to be absent given the conditions of the pandemic. But I think critically, uh, that said, uh, the nation is also hanging on what the president is going to say. And in my perspective, I think that uh, the, the focus is largely going to be on economic recovery. How do we get out of this rabbit hole that we got into uh, some of the uh, commissions that policy commissions that is that we we committed we we ended up in, in in really bad economic situation but of course as we know the global pandemic itself you know nobody really was prepared for it so we really want to hear how do we get out of here and this is where i suppose almost every sector looks up to the leadership of the governing um, administration to, to, to assist in terms of what's the way forward. And I believe we also joined online by Dr. Shingai Mangiza Mutiza, uh, political analyst. Uh, Dr. Mutiza, welcome. No, thank you for having me. Pleasure. Okay, uh, Dr. Misyorka has said he feels the president has to focus on economic recovery. And, of course, the president is speaking against a very grim backdrop. Uh, images coming to us of parliament are very somber. It's, it's hot and it's lonely. But where do you think things should go? Yes, I, I, I would have to actually uh, concur with uh, my colleague, Dr. Misyorka. I think... Um, the issue of the economy, I think, is going to be front and center. Uh, in particular, I think, given the, you know, not only just looking at, uh, you know, the deficit that is, you know, um, you know, that has emerged on account of, uh, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, you, you remember, of course, that the, you know, the government essentially uh, had to front, you know, half a, half a trillion rand, which was, un, you know, unbudgeted for, you know, in, within last year's 
uh, fiscal year just to deal with the issue of, uh, you know, COVID, just to keep businesses alive and uh, the economy running. So I think that is going to be front and center. I think uh, in particular, it's going to be the issue of unemployment. I think, um, you know, with so many uh, small and medium enterprises that had, uh, you know, you know, closed their shops, you know, or closed shops, so to speak, uh, on account of you know not being able to operate uh, optimally or you know at all you know during the uh, the various stages uh, of the pandemic, so I think that's going to be uh, his uh, you know his key focus. Coming up with a roadmap, how does he begin to address you know uh, the issue of actually trying to stimulate uh, the economy again? How is he going to promote uh, employment? You know, how does he intend to promote growth? How does he intend to counteract uh, or to stave off, you know, the possible downgrades, you know, that are there lurking around the corner? So these are, I think, some of the weighty issues that uh, the president will be seeking to address. Uh, I think in his, um, you know, in his, uh, in his, uh, in in Sona, I think. Uh, Furthermore, you know, the other issues that he'll probably have to deal with would be the issues of, um, you know, also have to deal, I think, most especially with the issue of the SO, the issues that has been um, recurring or that has been particularly uh, problematic, of course, has been this issue of the uh, South African Airways uh, and what, you know, the business rescue, you know, uh, process, what are the outcomes of that process, what is the way forward. So I think he's going to have to touch upon that. And of course, with the current late of load shedding now, uh, the issues related to ESCOM, I think those will have to be dealt with. Um, state capture, I think, is also something perhaps, maybe even tangentially, if you only address it, but I think it's something that you will have to, uh, uh, you know, something that you will have to address um, for all intents and purposes. I think it's something that uh, will have to feature somewhere uh, within his address. Right, Dr. Mishoka, to, to get back to you and to sort of change tack a little bit, um, another analyst earlier today wrote about government's mediocrity and underperformance, the kind of mediocrity when you go to an ice cream parlor and ask for a chocolate ice cream, they haven't got one. You ask for a vanilla one, they haven't got one. And when you ask for an ice cream cone, they haven't got one, and they seem to think it's normal. Um, what I'm probably trying to say is that when we praise people for doing their jobs, um, because we're so used to mediocrity, do you think that somewhere down the line the president's got to address this particular South African disease? Uh, Shafiq, I, I've I've been an advocate of uh, of 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 the, the you know something akin to the state of the state. If you remember a couple of years ago, that's something that I have consistently raised. And the reason is, if you look at all the the various uh, points that uh, my colleague has also mentioned, and I think on top of what we expect, um, just run through, for example, the vaccine rollout. We know the. Uh, AstraZeneca and the fact that, you know, that is a problem of the state. The state should have done its due diligence to realize before we purchase uh, these kinds of vaccines, you know, what is the expiry date, what is the deviation in terms of the variant of the uh, COVID strain. So those are those are not issues that you discover after you've already 
purchased and, the, and, and you've got the vaccines delivered. That's a function of an inefficient state. We look at ESCOM, which is one of the critical issues which we hope to hear the president speak about. It's a, it's a function of, or it's a product or an outcome of state inefficiency. There's an interesting study done by um, a, a, a financial organization that they, they did a survey of just about 1,500 uh, businesses, small businesses across the country. And the interesting finding was that just close to 50% of SMMEs in the country actually closed shop. And again, that links back to the inefficiency of the state, considering that there is already over $2 billion that has been allocated towards supporting small businesses. The problem, though, is that the state has not gone further to try and, 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 and reform some of the traditional requirements for access to finance. And unfortunately, what has, we've ended up in a situation where, yes, the, fin- the finances are potentially available, but businesses or SMEs are not able to meet them. That's where we are at the moment. It's a function of the inefficiency of the state. And the lead measures, the, the problems don't just end up with SMMEs. We know the problem also that we've had as far as the social security grants, that, uh, including the, the, some of the debt relief funds that have been allocated. And, of course, as, as, as far as the fiscal is concerned, my colleague has mentioned the question of corruption. That is, it's affected the... The, the ability of the country to really social spend in a big way. So all of those, they link back to the state of the state itself. And I would like to hear the, the president also, perhaps, I don't think he will, but we should, we should at some point hear him talk about how to recover the state from its current state of inefficiency. Dr. Matiza, you um, mentioned SMMEs in your, one of your previous responses. How on earth does the president on this issue go from talk to walk? Because every single sonar I've attended, and I've attended some over the last 25 years, every single time, every president talks about SMMEs, easy access to finance, as Dr. Bishoka said, for SMMEs, making things easy, removing all the red tape, but nothing ever happens. Yes, um... It's one of those, you'd, you know, you'd be forgiven to, for thinking that it's one of those hot potato issues. Everybody talks about it, that it's a good idea, but when it comes down to doing it, you know, no one wants to actually get, you know, get around to doing it. Well, you know, it is an interesting point that you raised, Shafiq. I mean, it's something that I think many analysts, uh, you know, have been mulling over in terms of what is the real challenge here. Um, Whilst, you know, it's difficult to speculate as to whether, you know, the president will, what will be different this time, um, what kind of comes to mind now is this idea that I know, or we know, for instance, that the president at least has on the table this 100 million, uh, you know, rand, you know, which is part of this presidential stimulus, which he wants to obviously, um, you know, which is going to be effective over the next uh, uh, three years. We understand also that pursuant to that, there's also a 13 billion rand that I suppose has been uh, ring-fenced, and the idea is that this is supposed to create 400,000, uh, you know, new jobs. Now, I think as to how exactly he's going to do this, uh, that's still, you know, that is still problematic. I think one of the things, I think the key challenges that we have seen, particularly uh, coming from the, you know, the Ministry of, uh, you know, small and medium enterprises, is this idea that... Um, Funds are made available, but concrete plans 
you know, uh, they get this money from Treasury. But again, coming up with a very concrete uh, roadmap as to how they intend to actually provide support, uh, you know, to, you know, to business startups, uh, you know, in, across various sectors of the economy, uh, how they intend to provide, uh, you know, support to different uh, entities across the value chain, you know, uh, of industry, etc. All these things, uh, as I said, uh, there's a lack of uh, what, a lack of clarity. At least that's what distinctly I get, and it kind of reminds me, I think, uh, to some degree, to the sense, you know, of the the National Development Plan. This idea that you had very ambitious, uh, broad, you know, uh, overarching plan for the you know for the economy, but very nebulous when it came to actual details, you know, the nitty-gritty, how does it intend, you know, uh, to move from point A to point B. So I think, you know, you do raise a very valid point. Um, The resources are there, but I think in as far as actually charting out, uh, you know, a very, you know, clear-cut roadmap and a very clear policy framework vis-a-vis how they intend to do this, uh, you know, over the next X amount of years, however long they intend to do this. I think that is what has been lacking. And I think we, we hope to hear, um, you know, uh, following, you know, SONA, you know, perhaps if the president doesn't deal with it, maybe the, the minister uh, responsible for that particular portfolio will at least have some sense of, you know, um, you know, uh, a clear strategy. Because I think given the state of the economy now, uh, I think there really is no room for waffling and there's really no room for sidestepping and dodging. I mean, uh, the economy arguably is at the worst that it's ever been, uh, you know, in a, in a long time. And so I think there is that need uh, for clarity. Uh, I hope that the president does impress upon his cabinet and, uh, you know, the various line ministries concerned, you know, uh, the urgency of this and that, they, you know, a concrete plan is uh, is available. Dr. Mishoka, to get back to you, uh, what was coming to us off the streets is a lot of um, South African citizens uh, are deeply concerned about state capture. They want something concrete to be said or something concrete to be done. Do you think the president is going to go into that space? Um, I don't have to remind any of us that uh, South Africans, generally speaking, are quite flabbergasted at the attitude of, of Jacob Zuma, just for example, in terms of the state capture anti-project? I think that frustration is is really expected and and to answer your question directly we hope that the president, I think he will talk to the issue of corruption the the commission of inquiry issue and the the fact that uh, the former president is uh, declining from from, uh, going to make his presentations to the commission I doubt if, uh, if he will talk to that issue not least because it does get him into the political quagmire that's within at least that divided uh, NEC. I, I see that as a potential risk for him. So I don't think he would like to play into the politics. And I gather that from some of the comments that he has made in the last week or so, where he has been really non-committal, where, you know, with with uh, interest being whether he's what is his perspective about the president's, uh, the former president's denial to to Brian Mackey's presentations? But I think that I do think that he will allude to the broader question of corruption because that falls squarely into uh, the poor uh, administration 
of the whether we are talking about COVID relief or whether we are talking about uh, the, the fiscal. I think corruption is one of the core governance questions that we, we will have to address. And I think you will uh, certainly talk to that. For me, a little interesting that the former president refused to go and make his presentations to come back to that point, not least because the commission was set up because of the 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 enterprise, the government enterprise that he ran. The commission exists because of Jacob Zuma, and it's extremely disappointing to now get into a tussle and 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 to begin to delegitimize uh, the commission, whatever arguments are put forward. So I think that's a delicate issue for the for the president, and not least because we are also going into local government elections. And by the way, that's another point that I suspect that we might hear some indication of a possible postponement of the local government elections with all the noises that are happening, but that's a possibility. But, um, yeah, the, the president will have to toe a line between, um, you know, an economic... Um, master plan presentation, but at economic recovery master plan presentation, but at the same time towing the political line, given the political cycle that we are in at the moment. I think it's a balancing act, and I would be keen to hear how he will balance those two. Dr. Matiza, it's a balancing act, that's for sure. Because in previous addresses, a government's been very ambitious. It's spoken about halving crime. Um, attacking literacy, 10-year-olds can comprehend what they're reading, um, various employment schemes. How on earth do you think um, President Ramaphosa, with his inbox from hell, how does he balance all of this? Well, I think, you know, the I think President Ramaphosa is in the unenviable position of, you know, having inherited... Uh, you know, uh, any you know, an economy that is obviously uh, severely weakened. Uh, he also finds himself in a position whereby, again, in trying to meet, you know, the key points of his agenda or his program, he finds himself hamstrung, obviously, by internal party politics. Uh, so I think, really, what he, what I, the balancing act that I think has had to come happen is that I think one he has had to I think he had in the tried to I think rely on um, a select group I think of uh, of individuals I think who uh, you know from all indications he had quite a bit of confidence in uh, we know for instance one of the individuals the late Jackson Mutembo was uh, an individual he had come to rely quite heavily on I think in as far as uh, the actual mechanics of actually overseeing, you know, the monitoring and evaluation of the the other, you know, the other government departments, you know, and actually seeing that they functioned properly, that you know, uh, systems of effectiveness were there, that there were, you know, adequate oversight mechanisms. So I think he he himself has, you know, had to kind of, as I said, delegate and rely on a small coterie uh, of uh, individuals and. Uh, you can kind of see that, um, what, you know, in in the kind in 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 the you know the appointments and also the the, the individuals he has kind of deployed, you know, to deal with certain uh, you know with certain issues. Um, yeah, as I said, he's he's really you know he's in an in an unenviable position. I think he hasn't got much room to maneuver. 
Um, I, I, I suspect it's really a case of having to deal with what is possible. Uh, you know, and you know, and really just kind of prioritize, you know, the, the key things, uh, you know, that his administration wants to actually deal with. So I think it's uh, trying to deal, obviously, uh, with the economy in such a way um, that he does, you know, that he, you know, that it, you know, he tries to appease, I guess, if you want to, if you want to call it that, uh, as many sides as possible. We know, of course. That uh, particularly as it you know as it concerns particular you know uh, issues as we coming back to the issue of the um, SOEs, we know obviously that uh, it's a very fine balancing act he has to conduct between labour, uh, you know between business, uh, particularly when he's dealing with this issue of the South African Airways, uh, also again with the ESCOM and the various other you know SOEs. So I think it's a case of having to try trying to build consensus. Uh, you know, I think that's the other strategy that he has, has tried to do. I don't think he he's, he seems to be very considered. I think in his approach, uh, trying to really think things through, and also I think broad consultations. Of course, uh, he has been you know criticised in the sense that you know this this consensus building and this uh, dialogue obviously seems to be you know has been interpreted as being you know procrastination of sorts. But I think, you know, he is an individual who recognizes that, you know, he has one shot at this and that if he's going to, you know, if he's going to get it, you know, if he's going to get done, he has to get it right the first time. And uh, as I said, given his own political position, which is, uh, you know, uh, again, you know, you know, not unassailable, if I may, if I may put it that way, given the factional fights and, you know, possible issues of succession around the corner. Uh, I, I think he's, as I said, having to prioritize uh, what he thinks are the most important things and, uh, you know, doing so full well, knowing that he may, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, as unlikely as it appears, it's not, you know, altogether um, implausible. He may be a casualty of these, uh, fact, you know, factional politics. So I think he's very much cognizant of all this. And uh, as I said, he's been very considered in his approach and has been careful to select those individuals among, you know, in his cabinet, I think, whom he has confidence within and whom he feels uh, will be fully behind his agenda without undermining it, you know, out of political expedience. Right. Just a final 30 seconds, Dr. Misyoka. Do you think we should prepare ourselves for disappointment uh, this evening? I think typically, as we've done in the last couple of years, and again, not knowing the depth of the impact of the pandemic, I think there will be some disappointments. We will hear pretty much from the same script that we've heard in the last couple of uh, State of the Nation addresses. So I think there will be levels of disappointment. I I will be surprised if there is a silver bullet to try and solve issues, not least because we've not seen any meaningful progress from the uh, recommendations and, and the proposals that have been put forward. So I think there will be a level of frustration in, in my assessment. Dr. Jason Misyoka, Senior Researcher, University of Pretoria. Dr. Shingai Mangiza Motiza, Independent Political Analyst. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us on Voice of the Cape Drive Time.